0: The Other Three Amigos Podcast With Damien Shreenan, Wayne Mullins and Declan McCormack Tweet us on Twitter using the hashtag TOTAP And of and by clicking the support link in the
1: description
2: On this week's episode of The Other Three Amigos Podcast We take a look inside the women's sh- uh, team after their All-Ireland Cup win. I introduce a new segment, The Love Zone, here on ToTap. Hopefully, my Ben will be bulging on the 15th. We also have Sausage Goblin, Goujon Reviewing, Drugs Review, <coughs> St. Pat's Preview, and Jacking Off and Cove for Friday night next to the man himself. All this and much more on this week's episode of TOTAP. Let's get ready to fumble! Hello and welcome to Toe Tap Season 3, Episode 35, Episode 145. In total, we are your award-winning podcast for 2022. Hopefully soon to be award-winning podcast for 2023. A reminder, we are now on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Toe Tap. And be sure to retweet as it's so important to help the pod grow. And also big thanks to our fancy new sponsor, NordVPN. We're delighted to have you on board. I'd like to say hello to my other two amigos, Eileen Ring. How are you?
1: Evening lads, how are you?
2: Not too bad, not too bad. Dickie? All the
1: better for seeing your mon- your lovely face on a Monday again,
0: then. Aw, ah, Dick Declan McCormick, <laughs> how are you, sir? Ah, uh, Mister Casey, how are you, sir? You see, oh, you we my lines sound the whole. It, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, you see, it's the whole thing's f- <laughs> I
2: think so. I think so. Uh, we're going to kick things off now with around the club. Oh, yeah. Under-19s, the women drew 2-2 away at DLR, having led to nil. Grace Flanagan and Shauna Sheehan with the goals there. And the men lost 3-1 at home to the Finger Lickers. Alex Kelleher with the goal there. Under-17s lost 3-0 away at Dundalk. And the women lost 3-2 away at Wexford, Seward and Dillon with the goals. Under-15s, they were beaten by the Shams in Dublin. And the under-14s, we can't find any info there, so we presume they didn't play The women's senior squad, well, we asked last week that they go to the Crusaders on Saturday, needing a point to qualify in the All-Ireland Cup. And would they do it? Well, they certainly did. Fianna Bradley grabbing her second City goal to beat the Crusaders in Belfast 1-0. And they will now be playing Cliftonville this Sunday at 2pm in the semi-final of the All-Ireland Cup. We'll come back to that one actually in a sec. But Eileen, what did you think of that performance over the weekend?
1: Yeah, look, obviously I've only seen highlights of the game, but I spoke to a lot of people that were up there and it, it was very, very good. Look, there's two big things to take out of it. Obviously the win, but the clean sheet is massive. I think it's our first clean sheet of the season. And look, as I said, we had to go up there and get a result and they did the job. And I don't know if, if people who are listening have maybe seen the goal, but it's certainly worth going for a look at because again, look, and we were speaking about her last week. and We were going to speak about her an awful lot more, probably most weeks, uh, Fianna Bradley. Like she goes in and, it's a brilliant ball from Kira Senna to her and she takes a shot and it hits the post and a lot of strikers kind of will take the shot and they'll be admiring how great their effort was but she's not she's so alert and the ball rebounds off the post to her and her, her touch just absolutely sends the defender like to the shop and she's in a lovely finish then and look as I said it was the clean sheet and I think they really pushed on Crusaders in the second half and to be able to hold out given how, how leaky we have been at times at the back it, it's brilliant to see and Look, this competition really, I think, has has been excellent for this squad, and it's, it's said they've got that's three wins on the bounce now, and the belief in there must be huge. And I just the club have a great video up there now of like match day, and you can see afterwards like they're all in great form, just laughing and joking, and that's kind of oh, this season when you look at them after games, it's all very despondent and things immediately after the game, and, and rightly so, but. It's great to see that the work, the management and all the players are putting in like on and off. The pitch is really paying off now with results and and you couldn't but be happy for them. And another really big task next weekend, but um, no reason to to not be able to go and get a result again. I think, although I, I think the traveling is a joke, but I'll leave Decky give out about that.
2: Decky, your thoughts?
0: Why does it always come down to me to give out about things like? It's it's, it's almost stereotyping me at this stage. <laughs> You're the giver or uh, outer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, look, there's limited highlights as Eileen said, and obviously Eileen's spoken to a lot more people who were there than me, but fantastic result, obviously. Exactly what was needed, and yeah, lucky face come back to Belfast again next week for a semi final, two weekends back to back, four games in the competition, three away from home, two of those in Belfast. It smacks of being massively unfair. The game is at 2 o'clock on Sunday. The PSNI wouldn't allow it to be played on Saturday. Cliftonville men are at home on Saturday night at 7 o'clock. There was some talk of it being played before that game. But the PNSI wouldn't allow it because the men's game at 7 o'clock has some um, cross-community... Religious connotations attached to it, etc. At a sensitive time of the year in the North. So the PSNI ruled out the women's game being played before it. So that's why it's at 2 o'clock on the Sunday. <sighs> Look, it just smacks of being unfair. I can't understand why the game isn't in Dublin. Halfway. We understand yeah. that the Northern Ireland teams were given certain guarantees, etc. That they wouldn't have to travel beyond Dublin. And that's why they entered. Those could still be honoured by playing the game in Dublin. And being fair to everybody, there's some talk yeah, that City, City win, and sorry, just to finish up Just some talk that if City win and make the final, then the final will be in Turner's Cross by way of, you know, compensating for the large amount of travel and that. But it's going to be a very difficult game. I I can't wait to see what kind of a refereeing performance is put in. But look, that's that's preempting things that may or may not happen. And to be fair, according to people who were there, the referee last Saturday was very, very good. And very fair and obviously one of their players was sent off for two yellow cards, both tackles on Fianna Bradley, um, which shows the other kind of impact that she has in the game as well. So look, it is what it is. All you can do is deal with it. And there are certain barriers, I think, being put in our way, but it's the girls are well capable mm-hmm. of kicking down those barriers and um, hopefully having a final in Turner's Cross
2: for for an unprofessional team like obviously the cost and everything associated with it is it their third uh, away now out of four matches uh, Eileen?
1: Um, yeah like I think the cost of it obviously and look they had to overnight in Belfast and to be fair to the club they put up for that and the owner has said on Twitter that's not going to be an issue again that but like if we take the cost out of it like you're expecting as you just said like this is an amateur team so like people would have had to finish maybe work early in last Friday to travel up and you're now expecting them to play at 2 o'clock on a Sunday God, God knows what time you're going to be back down the road and then going to work on Monday. and It, it is unfair and as decky said, look, we understand that there was promises made to the teams from the north at the start that with the group stages but I don't know, maybe should have just been set in stone from day one that the semi-finals were going to be in Dublin because I think it's a huge ask. I said whatever about financially but I just think it's a huge ask that amount of travel on an amateur team two weeks in a row is, is absolutely crazy and it does very much seem like the odds are kind of being stacked against us. But as decky said, like we're more than capable, and they've showed they're more than capable now going to Belfast and getting results. So I, I I don't see why why they can't do the same next weekend. But it does leave a little bit of a sour taste. But I think they'll I think they'll probably use it, and I think Danny and James will use it, kind of like almost to gee them up for it. So um, they obviously will overnight again on the Saturday, which which I, to be fair to the club, and I've been the first in the past to question the investment that's put into women's side. It's two weeks in a row where look, the club are investing there and and they obviously want to go in this competition. So I said I'd have to give credit where it's due there.
2: Yeah, Cliftonville uh, Sunday. Do you know much about them? How do you think we'll get on?
1: I don't know much about them. Um, they obviously topped their group. They had a good win in daily mount. Um, I think um which would be kind of a standout. And I was going looking at the Bulls team from that day and really really strong Bohemians team was out that day as well. And look, there is kind of. Maybe whispers that we might be missing one or two, depending on how the weekend goes with holidays and stuff like that. That's a concern. But said, this team is really starting to click and what we've seen, even at the weekend, Christina Drink came out and Ellie O'Brien came in and she was supposed to be an excellent and players are taking their chances when they come in. So look, if girls are on holidays and they're missing out, I, I do think there's players on the bench who are capable of coming in and, you know, stamping their their stake for a claim for hopefully a final the following week and hopefully that will it will be in turn Cross but look i said it's a tough game i hope they can sort out a stream for it because a lot of the te- games up the north don't have streams and um, given it's a semi-final you, you'd hope that they can sort something out there
2: yeah yeah dicky any uh any hopes for uh what do you want to see on sunday do you think we can get a result
0: yeah you always always as i said it's just a matter of kicking down the barriers that are putting your way. But we've won three on the trot now. Kept kept first clean sheet. There's absolutely no reason why we can't go up there and um get a result. Obviously they're a decent side. Show them the respect they deserve, but they'll have to show us the respect that we deserve as well, you know? So bring it on. March yeah. and bad Did you... Smile.
2: <laughs> Did you look inside? Someone here about a YouTube video released by the club.
0: Oh yeah, I know it was just um earlier there, maybe an hour or so ago, the club released um I didn't look inside, but it was a look inside of the at the day and the rest of it as it unfolded, the preparation and the build off and then during the game mm-hmm. and the rest of it, you know. So it was it's, it's it's a great little video, as Eileen mentioned already, and it's very well done and those videos are always very interesting to see Danny putting one in the stands. He couldn't hit an empty goal from twenty five yards, like you know, things like that are always well worth watching. Fair play to the club, Eileen said already fair play to German Usher. You know, people think we don't like him and the rest of it. That's not in any way true. We criticize when we think is criticized and call it as we see it. But club, Durham, they're obviously putting their hands in their pockets again to fund the trip to Belfast. I have no idea if there's any financial contribution from the FAI. I know there was small contributions in the group stage that really weren't worth talking about. So it will, 90% of it will fall on the club again. So fair play to them, you know.
2: Okay, think we got a good synopsis there. It's time to
0: move
1: on.
2: Right, Liam Buckley did the LOI TV interviews Friday night once more. Seemed to speak openly and honestly. Dickie, what did you make of his interactions with the media?
0: Yeah, it's interesting that since they made the official announcement, actually, since before they made the official announcement, that Liam is now doing the media. He also did a press conference afterwards on Friday night. Look, he was very open, very honest. Like, I don't think there's a whole lot he could say, because I think if you try to sugarcoat that performance, there's nobody going to accept it, you know? So yeah, he was honest. He, you know he called it as every fan saw it and i think people would appreciate that colin healy had a probably a different way of doing things i don't ever remember colin directly criticizing the players or criticizing a performance we know he did it behind doors but colin was always very much a i'll protect you type manager in public for his players and it has to be said they didn't react to that this season and they you know i have a view to a degree they threw Colin under the bus so it'd be interesting to see how they react to a different manager with a different strategy who's just calling them out and saying it as he saw it and saying it as every other fan saw it but yeah look the honesty was refreshing and hopefully we'll hear more of it yeah Eileen did you
2: get a chance to listen to the Buckley interviews
1: yeah and I think what I kind of found interesting is decky said like he was calling it as, as we all called it but he took a little bit of the blame themselves about how, how flat they were. He said, did, did they overtrain during the week? And that's a little bit kind of concerning if that is happening because, like, this is as I said, the highest level of football in this country. Like, they have to be getting their training volumes right. Like, you can't be. And look, we have been flat a lot on a Friday night. Is that, I don't know, is... but I mean, that has to be looked at. Like, you can't. I mean, what happened on Friday night wasn't good enough. And I think it's, it is refreshing to see a manager come out afterwards and say it's not good enough. But if their load is wrong during the week, then and he said he believed it was, um, then that's interesting to see how they can adjust that going forward. But um, yeah, look like said, I said, I like honesty for managers. Um, I think we're really lucky in this league with a lot of managers across the board. They they do fairly kind of call it as they see it. But um yeah, as decky said, it's kind of interesting to see what, what kind of reaction you'll get from the players who are who are called out like that.
2: Yeah, I suppose is it a bit damning of our players? Like, I mean, I'm sure we have people who are doing the same as what's happening in every other club training midweek. Is it a bit damning that they're not able to produce the same performance levels on the pitch, Uh, Eileen?
1: Yeah, look, I said these are professional athletes like and I said they're probably not training any more than maybe somebody who's working full time could be training during the week. So for me, it's not good enough because everything is put in in position for them as professional athletes to perform at a top level on Friday night, um, including their recovery afterwards, their nutrition, everything is looked after for a team. Like it's said, there's people out playing a hundred different sports in this country who are probably training the same amount and working full time on top of it. For me, there's no excuse to not be prepared or that you're flat on a Friday night. I I don't think that's good enough personally. And you said it like there yourself. So I just think it has to be better. But as I said, I I do think it's, it's refreshing to see a manager call it out there and saying that all the prep is there, but it said it's just if if load has to be looked at, it has to be looked at. But I mean whatever happens in any sport you have to be peaking on, on that Friday night or if it's Saturday night when, when whenever the game is, that's the way what your week has to be worked around.
0: Dickie, any any follow up on that? Uh, yeah, like I mean I mean it's right, I found it interesting, but I think I don't know, was it a rhetorical question from Liam in in so much is he just like Openly questioning himself, you know, did we overtrain them, or was it just one of those kind of throwaway comments? And I guess we'll never know unless somebody follows up with him in the press conference this week. I find it hard to imagine that they'd, that they'd be overtrained. You know, what I mean, everything is done so precisely, you know, you know, and even obviously all the training and all the kid, the, kid, the 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 distances ran and all that stuff is like it's, it's so. It's so accurate. It's so on on the ball. It's hard to think that they that they would be overtrained. But, like I don't know. I just I like we we'll talk about it later on. Like, but it was just it was so bad. Like, I mean, there would want to be a lot. Even if you were overtrained, you still couldn't be that bad. Like, it's not the only yeah. reason that that you that you were that bad. It couldn't be like. And if they
1: were running a marathon now on the Thursday, then I might forgive it. But yeah. other than that, yeah. I don't think yeah.
0: so. I think it was way more tactical and way more desire in heart. Look, we'll get into it in a minute then, then possibly being overtrained.
2: It's probably that a uh, crown walk and roll 5k. Well, it's good news anyway. A transfer rumour, no more. Tiernan Brooks is now a Cork City player, as announced by Liam Buckley. And he was snapped wearing Cork City match gear at the Drogs game. No official announcement from the club as of yet. And they'll probably wait till uh, after the pod comes out Wednesday to do so. But he's expected to start against St. Pat's this Friday. Uh, Decky, your thoughts on this one?
0: Hang on now oh, two seconds. As announced by who?
2: What do you mean? As announced by As announced, by
1: Declan McCormick last Tuesday night. As
0: announced, as announced by Toe Tap, yeah, last Wednesday on the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Not by Liam Buckley, right. you know. He, he, can, he, he, can had no on, he had no choice. He had no choice. Yeah, he had no choice <laughs> on the announcer when he did. You know, um, that wasn't the plan, as far as I'm aware. But look, yeah, look. We got lucky, we got very lucky Sometimes things fall your way I know I said last week And I promised that I would give Full credit To the people who told us But I was talking Mm -hmm. to them Today and we had a bit Of a conversation and They said to leave it off for another bit So we might revert Back to it in a a few weeks time But they're, they're happy enough with the Situation, they don't want any plaudits at the Moment so We're going to drive on and park it, but we will. We will revert around to it in in, in the near future. That's some very exciting news. We now have a man inside
2: the club. Raymond Armitage IV has signed on an exclusive deal with TOTAP to bring all the latest goings-ons and inside scoops from inside the club to the TOTAPers. Decky, since you are the HR manager, had you any details for us on this
0: shadowy figure? Can't say much. He is shadowy. There's no doubt about that, you know, hangs around in the rushes, things like that. But he does seem to have an inside, an inside take. You know, obviously he contributed massively to the Tiernan Brooks news last week, but at the time he wasn't in a position to actually write an article for the website. So he just verbally gave it to us. And look, we weren't in the mindset to actually write something for the article, which is our for the article for the website, which is a mindset we need to get into. But mm-hmm. um so he can he can take some credit for that as well. Look, he's just he knows his shit like. There's just no getting away from it. So we'll have to wait and see what he comes up with for the month of July, you know. He's he's an old hand. He's an old hand. You could almost describe him as a League of Ireland veteran or a League of Ireland insider, not just the Cork City vet, or insider. But look, he's not on Twitter. He doesn't have a social media presence or profile. We're trying to persuade him to open a Twitter account. He's not really into it, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah. But look, yeah. so long as he slips us the news as he gets it and we can we can take it from there then, you know. But look, so far so good. He's he's one for one with Tiernan Brooks and he's dropped another name to us today. So
2: He he'll soon be banned from Turner's Cross. Uh, Raymond Armitage the fourth. Would he be a relation to the Armitage uh, shanks of of Urinals fame? Would a uh, Dickie do you know?
0: No, no, I don't think so. No, he's um this guy's one of the Armitage the forts in Blackpool. Oh shit, I can't say that mm-hmm. to me. He's these these yeah yeah. Look, he's he's one of the Armitage. The, you know, he might not even come here. I'll be he's honest. Far, he's you, father played I'll be, I'll be um,
2: cornerback for the Glen. I'm fair sure.
0: No, I'll be honest with you, Dan. I'll be honest with you. Raymond Armitage the Fort isn't his real name. He's using a pseudonym to try and put everybody off. It's clever. It's clever. Maclyn no. <laughs> Mac Nothing like that. Absolutely nothing, nothing like that. Nothing I- like
2: Eileen, that. ring um, your your thoughts on this uh, elusive elusive figure.
1: I would like to say because people text me as soon as you put up these things, like your little eggs, as we will call them. And people text me what's happening. I never know what's happening because I'm in a separate Las Almas group and I don't know what to be happening over in your group. So don't ever text me. I know nothing. But look, I am I like rumours. I like people that are in the know. Um, I thought all the time it was Decky might have been in the know, but look, he's been fed information from elsewhere. So keeps it'll keep me interested on in Twitter as I'm sure it will uh, many other city fans.
0: Actually, before I forget it, Raymond, Armitage the Fourth, is also responsible for the news this evening that the cup game against Treaty will be played on the Friday night with a Quartet kickoff in Markets Field. That's another lag. Like, I mean neither of the clubs have that up, the FI have it up, but that's that's what's happening. And again, that's that's come from um Raymond, but he just felt himself it wasn't important enough to write an article on, so we just banged it up on Twitter. And um he, he makes those calls, you know. Sometimes he sends us in the stuff written in article form and we put it on the website. Sometimes he logs in himself and does it himself. He's a bit like he's a bit cranky. Cranky's the word they use. Cranky. If there's anybody around Cork City insiders who's cranky, it's a fair chance that's Raymond Armitage the Fourth.
2: And Raymond Armitage the Fourth also uh, dropped us the news that Connor Drynan uh, looks like he's going from the Ramblers to the city. Um Drynan joined Cove in twenty 20- 20, made 67 league appearances for them and bagged himself 11 goals in the process. Eileen, do you know much about him or am I going off to, or going off to Mr. Tracking off himself?
1: You can go to Decky. I just am slightly concerned that in a squad full of, without being disrespectful, First Division players in the Premier Division, why are we signing more First Division players? Like, we need people that can come in and hit the ground running and I'm sure he's very promising younger player, but like... We need people that are going to come in and make a difference now. And unless now he's going to completely and utterly prove me wrong, and I'm very hopeful that he will. I'm I'm concerned if if this is the the level of player we're going to be signing. To be honest, yeah. as I said, that's not. I'm delighted if I come in at the end of this season and can say I'll come back on this podcast and apologise, like and I said, look, he might be a good player in the long run, but right now we're in a relegation, we're in a dog fight, like, and we need people that are going to come in and make an impact straight away, like, not signings for the sake
2: of signings, for the sake of numbers. Yeah, I'd be inclined to agree with you there. Uh, Raymond, Dickie, uh your thoughts?
0: i very much along the same lines as Eileen. I mean, Raymond dropped us the line, wrote the article, and then we went down to Cove, went to, took for a trip down to the Great Island. No time for jacking off while we were down there, though. And um, spoke to a few people down there, and they confirmed it from their end, so it looks pretty solid. If that's what's okay. happening, that's what's happening. It's not spectacular. Well, like as Eileen said, it's not an issue with Conor Dwyer. It's it's in no way an issue with Conor Dwyer. The issue is that we need players in know who we can, who fans believe can make an impact. No, Conor Dwyer was linked with us this time last year. I know there was an interest there. We said it on this pod and it never happened. And people kind of mocked us a bit. and went, Which was fair enough because it didn't happen. So, you know, you take it. But like there was always an interest there. And to me, it's a bit of a project. I think mm-hmm. somebody who comes in, trains, maybe gets a few minutes here and there, but it's really to see, can you bring them up to speed with a view to next year? That would be my opinion. Nothing wrong with that. If you're sixth, if you're seventh even, but we're not, we're ninth. And we need players now who can make an impact. And forgetting Connor Dryden and then forgetting Tiernan Brooks. Like this now was Monday night. When this pod comes out by Wednesday, like everybody thought we were going to get players in early. You know, all the talk since January has been we couldn't get things done in January. They were going to be done in July and players were going to come in and they were going to, it's mad to be saying two days into it, where are they? Because that makes no sense. But like, where are they? Like, you know, I mean, it's, there's worrying signs there. There's worrying signs there for me. And, um, there will, like if Dermot Usher thinks he's gotten grief from people and has had some not nice experiences. If Cork City don't bring in players in this window, who are ready to go and can drive us up the table very quickly. There will be a fan backlash. It's inevitable. It's inevitable, you know? So City have to get this window right. They have to. And we'll see. We'll see. Uh, we'll have a better yeah. idea this time next week, I think. I think we'll have a better idea this time next week.
2: An attacker from the first division probably isn't uh, the choice we would have We would have liked. Uh, any update on, on the Keating situation? Uh, stick with you here, Dickie.
0: No, not really.
2: We have to get Raymond on it.
0: We, we like it, it it like seemingly we told Derry, not interested in selling, which is our right. And we are absolutely correct. Have to see how he responds to that. I mean, Graham Cummins had a piece in the echo today which I thought was interesting, where he was talking about his body language and you know, how he didn't feel like he was added against against Strahada and you know, he was comparing the Keating that chased everything and ran everything down early in the season against maybe the Keating of the last couple of games. And Graham ends up by saying, maybe you should just leave him go. And I don't agree. I think we need him. But at the same time, you need him performing at a much higher level than than he performed on, on Friday night. But that goes for everybody. We need everybody performing at a much higher level. So it's not fair then in that way. And I apologize for, for signaling out Rory Keating. But... Look, fundamentally, kind of what's been out there is that we've told Jerry no, it's not happening. So, but there's there's a month left, and like anything can happen, anything can yeah. happen. Yeah. Until well, finally, the day the window closes, you just don't know. Well,
2: finally, finally, we had something to celebrate. The jacks were done up in Turner's Cross. Uh, it looks like some of them, or I think most of them, were painted. Uh, there was new bowls in. Uh, I think the sinks were done in some of them and I read online I think I di- didn't see it now there was um new hand dryers as well uh, but my opinion is people only notice the jacks when we're doing shit on the field when we're winning nobody cares Eileen are you excited to to use the new toilet facilities
1: Yeah look I I go to the shed end for games and to be fair the women's toilets w- weren't the worst in the world and they weren't great but like by sporting venues they weren't the worst but very impressed the hand dryers were excellent um, I don't know where the Donnie Ford female toilets done, but I hope they are because it's something when I go to the women's game, I sit over there and I always hear young kids coming up saying, the toilets are disgusting. And you, you don't want that. So look, fair play. I said they got there in the end. Um, I can't speak for the men's toilets, but I'm sure you can fill me in on that. Um, But no, great job. Great sinks, great hand dryers. Toilets are clean. As you said, no one really cares if we're winning games, but yeah, it look, it looks well if you're coming in as a supporter, I think, to have nice toilet facilities, you certainly don't want people leaving a ground thing. Like that's disgusting. Or a uh, hazard. So good to see they're not health hazards anymore.
0: <laughs> Biohazard, uh Dickie. Look, anytime anytime there's capital expenditure it has to be welcomed. There's been enough talk about them. So look, yeah, great to see they were done. I see people giving out still that maybe the um the urinals weren't done or were still in um a poor condition but the work is ongoing and there's not another home game now until the 28th, eighth, there's another 20 something. So there is more time now to do more work. So we'll see, we'll see when that game rolls around, whether more work has been done and those urinals have been changed and things like that, which you'd imagine they would be because they were in war and are in pretty poor shape. And if they're done, yeah. then look, we can't complain, you know, I mean, you just can't. Okay. The club has paid for something they didn't need to pay for. So fair play like
2: well i was after a few now i'll admit but i spent 17 quid on food at turner's cross last friday and here is my review it was my first time going to the clonic guilty black pudding stand got myself a black pudding sausage roll i assumed it would have both black pudding and sausages within the roll itself as i paid seven euro for the privilege it's just a sausage laced with pudding down the center now it was very tasty that sausage but it was a very poor bread-to-sausage ratio, so I'm giving that a 5 to 10. Still hungry. I've entered into the St. Anne's End for some goujons, 7.5 out of 10. Great value for money here at 4 euro. And I got a garlic cheese chip here as well. Tasty, but overpriced at 6, so I'm giving that a 6.5 out of 10. And Decky, have you ever gobbled a sausage at the back of the Dorney Ford?
0: (gasps) Ah, man. Uh, not at the back of the Doney Ford, to the side of the Doney Ford, and in the Donny Ford, but never at the back of the Dony Ford. I'll be honest with you, I gave up on those kind of kiltie things years ago. I always thought they were outrageously priced for what was in the for what was in the road. Just my opinion. I actually yeah. said it a few times, and people told me I was mad, and I was miserable, and I was all those things. But I stuck to my guns, and say I haven't bought food in Turners Cross, and. I don't know how many years not hot food anyway obviously I bought worders original from the shop and things like that on my way <laughs> up into the Johnny Ford. but other than that I haven't haven't bought hot food in years and I'm not sure <laughs> anything could tempt me back into into buying food there again to be honest do, do you get food on the way home or
2: do you do you eat it beforehand
0: it depends on time if I'm there early enough I'd often go in for a bit of dinner in the um Cross Tavern. no the other one
2: Taurus Cross something
0: <laughs> what's the other called what's the fucking pub called
2: beer garden is it Yeah,
0: the beer garden sorry yeah I'd often go in for a bit of grub in the beer garden a bit of dinner if I was late getting there and I hadn't eaten dinner beforehand I'd be honest and it'd probably come as no surprise to people who know me and know my sizings the I would stop in Tower Street for a baguette on the way home Eileen, what's
2: your food of choice on uh, on match night? I have this dinner. Is the content bef- people want go- din- gold. Content.
1: I'm boring. I have dinner before I go in, so I don't really ever get to in at Grass.
0: Yeah, I know. Oh, I am a grown adult who cooks at home. Imagine. Oh. <laughs> I, I cook at home as well, just not on a Friday. If we have a home match, like I can cook. Uh, actually, you know, I actually, I think. You-
1: I would try the Clan of Kilty stand, but look, the reality of the situation is I am way too lazy to walk all the way from the shed up there. That's, <laughs> that's my problem. If it was behind the shed, yeah. I would try it. But it's too big a
0: walk. And, and you're definitely not a fan of Goblin Sausage, are you?
1: Absolutely not. No interest now at all in that. Socially, or on a Friday night. No. <laughs> are you sorry, Dick?
0: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs>
1: My
0: mother's listening to this. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> <sighs> well, I can only well, apologise of... to Mrs. <laughs> ring so as well, you know. <laughs> Christ.
2: Well, speaking of goblin sausages at the back of football stadiums, I'm introducing a new segment this week. Much like me on the fifteenth, I'm not sure how long it'll last. It's the love zone here on Totap. Rightio, I am headed to Sligo on the 15th, hopefully meeting up with a lovely Sligonian, but I think I need to get my plans in order if I have any hope of showing her my Ben Bulban. Obviously, as spacious as the Civic is, you can't invite a girl back to that, so I booked an Airbnb called Ben's Little Hut. Well, actually, it just, it just says hut, the, the nut will be added later. I am to get there for three, check in, explore the town of Sligo. I'm at a bit of a, a crossroads here, though. If the date does occur, apparently, actually, now at Wayne Mullen's expense, decky you will also vouch for that, by the way. Did did he not say he would pay for the dinner?
0: Absolutely, he did. Yeah, and make yeah. sure make sure yeah. you stick him with the bill.
2: Yeah, uh, I was wondering what time is best. If it's before, he, if it's before the game, she, no matter how good it's going, she's just going to shag off home because she's not going to go to the game anyway, no matter how well we get on. If she does actually want to go to the game, she ain't going to go into the home end for fear she'll run into her dad. And I sure as hell am not taking her into the away end because the amount of people who said it to me at the drugs game already, it, it, it was scary. But then by the time I get out, hopefully get to, to meet with Buckley is, that will be around 10-ish. Is, is that too late? Eileen, you're a woman. Your thoughts on the situation?
1: You cannot bring someone for dinner after 10 o'clock, Don. You have to bring her before the game. If like, look, through, you have to call a spade a spade now and be realistic Boring Keen Coleman has absolutely fed this night feel. She's going to have seen his tweet. You're going to not I, have I don't a date. I
2: don't, I don't think she will have.
1: Okay, well, I, I know go, she go hasn't because she still ha-
2: she's still talking to me, so I know, I know she hasn't.
1: Okay, there's still a bit off, and he's probably going to like go hard for that on, on the he's, week. No, he's going to do
2: something. You know, he's going to do something now this week. I'm absolutely petrified of
1: I think you should bring her for dinner before the game because you could be half cut after the game as well as the other side of it.
2: Yeah, but she's just going to leave. She's just going to leave.
1: You can meet her again after the game.
2: Mm, that's, I don't think that's going to work. Dickie, would you? <laughs> Sorry, Dickie's
0: having to fit a fit of coffee.
2: <laughs> Dickie, your, your thoughts on the whole situation?
0: Uh, a, I kind of wish I was in my mid-twenties again and could, you know, relive all these days. But I'm not and I can't. So we might try to live... Vicariously through you, Dan, but we'll see how that goes. But look, to me, the first thing that pops into my head is I think you have to stay Saturday night. I think you have to do all the date stuff on the Saturday. You have to say, look, that, that, no, that's when I'm working on the I'm... Sunday, you mean? The match is the Saturday. Oh, sorry, yes. Or else go up the Friday, the night before. Oh, yes, the match is the Saturday, no. Mm, I'd go up the Friday and I'd do it all on the Friday. And then I'd say, look, seeing as you had such a great time tonight, I'm actually around tomorrow night, but I'm doing x y and z but i can meet you about half 10 if you're out and about with your buddies and whatnot and then you get a fairly good idea where you're standing pretty early because if she says yeah i'll be here such a place drop in after the game you know you're good if she says ah look i'm gonna be at home watching netflix and i'm not coming out to meet you or i'm out with my buddies and leave us alone you know just put your tail between your legs and head straight <laughs> after car click.
2: Thanks for the vote of confidence in it. But here, the hotel costs like, or the Airbnb, I should say, cost uh, €137. Euro. Like, the hotels were all 200 plus, so no way am I staying that Friday night anyway. Like,
0: I'm very conscious that this girl might knock across this podcast. And I don't want to say things that, you know, she's just going to listen to and go, I am not going near this clown. She'd be dead right. I think. I I think. I think you've got to depends on how bad you want it, Dan. How much is it worth to you? That's the question. How much is it worth to you?
2: I'd say forget the forget the Bradley thing. We'll start a GoFundMe for Dan to get a hotel on the Friday.
1: I think we could be listening <laughs> to this podcast back as guests at your wedding in many moons.
2: Oh, I don't think oh. so. I don't think so. <laughs> right, it's time thys- yeah, to move as, on. <laughs> as,
0: as the Sligo Rover season ticket holder walks her up the aisle, huh? <laughs> I will hopefully have a fifty. His, Dan's making jokes about his Balbunion, whatever it's called, Balbunban, is it, what's it called? It's the name of that bloody ben mountain. Bulban. Ben Bulbin. Ben Bulbin, that's the fella. Yeah, yeah. Dan making jokes about his Ben Bulbin.
2: Well, anyway. Hopefully on the 15th, there'll be no bitter, Ed. Moving on. City won, Drogs won. We needed <sighs> to score first, didn't. But now at least it's two points from 12 games. We've been first in, as opposed to one out of 11. Uh, Eileen, your thoughts on the game?
1: I think as a public service, I'm not going to talk about the first 80 minutes of the game because it was that bad. And it was just, it was one of the worst City performances I have seen in many a year. Like, I think like bad, like Derek Mountfield getting the sack at time bad. Like I thought it was that bad. Like anyway, the last 10 <laughs> minutes I will talk about what becomes really frustrating for me is the goal we scored was brilliant. It was a brilliant passage to play. So we know they can do this. So what the f*** were they at for the first 80 minutes? Like, it was a lack of heart, a lot of, lack of desire, an inability to pass the ball straight five yards. Like, it was just basics that we really could not do. And like, I think we were lucky that I know I saw a lot of people afterwards saying, oh, Drada, like that their league position, like they should be higher up the table. They shouldn't, because if Drada were a better side, the game would have been over at 80 minutes because they outplayed us everywhere. And look, they've experienced players there centrally and stuff like that. Now, what really, I have to say, saved the game for me was Ryan Brennan's miss that made my night. That that was literally, that was brilliant. And in front of the shed end, because if that went in, I swear to God, he'd have been right in front of us as well, and it would have just been, I would have turned my stomach. But it was just so poor. It has to be better. Like we go into that game, you know, it's a must-win game. As soon as they then, as soon as they score, all I can hear is Declan with his stat from last week, and I'm like, oh, for sake here we go we're never going to score but look it's a brilliant goal it's a brilliant ball in and um Joe Brian Whitmarsh is and and John O'Donovan as well I think well maybe he wasn't great defensively it said it was a great ball in and brilliant finish I think as well and he's so important if we can hang on to him I think for the back end of the season it's going to be huge if he goes it's a concern isn't it yeah we just we offered nothing as I said i didn't actually know we were doing a two in one pod tonight, and I think I texted Decky. I can't believe you're going to make me relive Friday night, but here we are. Um, so I apologize to everyone that we're even talking about this because if you watch the game, you shouldn't have to listen about it. And I'm not going to talk about it anymore and leave Decky go on with his
0: stats.
2: Decky, you'll surely uh, talk to us about the first 80 anyway.
0: I mean, I th- what can you say? Genuinely, like, what can you say? We'll say stuff and people will be on again about, oh, you're a disgrace. And you're saying this about the players and you're saying that about the players. And, you know, you're saying this about the club and that about the club. That was absolute fucking shit, like. And there's just no getting away from it. And you can, people can try and mix it up or do whatever they want, like. That is just not acceptable. It's not in any way, shape or form acceptable. And Cork City supporters will not accept it. You can, like, Eileen's right. Ryan Brennan misses an absolute sitter with two minutes to go. We lose the game. If that's on his right foot, we lose the game. It comes off badly off his left foot somehow or another. Like, they battered us. Absolutely battered us within an inch of our life. And we somehow got out with a one-all. And, I mean, the Brockley was very honest about it. And, like he was saying, from our performance and what we've done, the point is a brilliant result. And from that aspect, it is. But pre-game, nobody was taking a point. Nobody wanted a point. Nobody was settling for a point. And every home game that you don't win against the likes of Drogheda and Dundalk becomes a massive issue further down the line. Because, like I said it, the second half against Dundalk scared the living Jesus out of me. And this is why it did. Because of that crap last Friday night. Like, it was there. It was coming. I did a piece for the website about the offensive numbers and i flagged it that offensively we're creating very very little but we're getting away with murder because an unbelievable high percentage of the shots on target that we get are ending up as goals we had three attempts on goal on friday night and two of those are very generous gives as attempts on goal thunday's one in the first half where you know he half falls over it and it's you know, that went down as an attempt on goal. And then there was a Cian Coleman header from a, from a corner. Yes, it's an attempt on goal, but he's never scoring there, but it is. And the third one is Joe O'Brien's shot the, that we score from. That's the only shot on target we had. Now, Drogheda were the same. They scored from their own. But, like, at least they had 14 shots. We had two corners. We're creating nothing. And at some time we're going to have to find a balance between that five at the back and being defensively secure and we talk about being defensively secure and Drogheda opened us up time and again and we couldn't deal with our high press they pressed on us we want to play this game of knocking it around the back and they didn't allow the centre backs the time and the space to knock it around the back and then they got flustered and it just all became a shit show and look I would put some of it on the coaching, to be honest with you. I think we're asking people to do things that they're not comfortable doing. And I, by that, I mean the centre-halves playing that tippy-tappy ball around the back. They're not comfortable, especially when they were pressed like that. And when the press started, and it was clearly evident what was happening, somebody sort of put their hand up and said, OK, we need to change this and we need to change it. Mm-hmm. Now, I would expect the manager to do it. But when the manager doesn't do it, there just needs to be somebody in the pitch who does it. But nobody did, and nobody does, and that's 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 a huge lack for us. I mean, if we had a Gary Deegan on the pitch the other night, like Deegan is thirty five, he ran the game. He absolutely ran the game. Darren Markey's quality, we had nobody of that quality.
2: I think he should have. Hackenden back there probably changes it a small bit.
0: Absolutely, Hackelin's more of a ball player than Coleman and Gilchrist are, and that's not any slur on, on Coleman and Gilchrist. You defend first. To me, you defend first, and the defender defends first. If they have the ability to be a ball-playing centre-half, then that's an added bonus. I never had... Like, I played centre-back when I played. I was just kick it out over the line, clear your lines, get your defensive set, shape set again, and defend it. I never wanted to play with it. I never wanted to pick passes. So I don't criticise them for that. But, like, if you want to play that type of football, yeah, then for me, your footballers, three... like... I know I understand that. But for me, if you want to play that, but every professional footballer is limited by what they can and cannot do. You know, and some are better at other things than than others are. And that's that's why you make a team. And that's why you come up with a tactic that gets to the strength of all the members of your team. And I think we're asking the centre-backs to do things that they're not comfortable doing. And like, if you want to play that tippy-tappy stuff, then to me, your three centre-backs are Honehan, Hakanen and Kustovic. Because they're the three who are most comfortable with the ball at their feet. Yeah. And if that's Aileen, going to be a requirement, then to me that's what you do.
2: Eileen mentality issue.
1: Um yeah, look, I suppose they they did come back from the goal down and as Buckley said and as Decky said there, I suppose ultimately the way the game went, it ended up being a good point, but it said going in the start of the game, that's not the case. But I agree like that playing out from the back and this passing across the back. It's, like, it's my pet hate in modern football. Every single side wants to do it. And not every single defender is capable of playing that football, and you're just getting yourself into trouble. And we have this, and like you could hear audibly, like the entire crowd groan, like when we're trying to go forward, and next, and they come back, and they just like it's so pointless. And as Decky just pointed out, it's it's not a slight on players that they're not able to do it because not every centre half is a footballing centre half. Is that they, they'd have other strengths in their game, but it drives me absolutely cuckoo. And, no matter where you go watch football now, that's what they all want to do. They want to play out from the back whether they're capable of doing it or not. And no matter how much trouble it gets them in time and time again, no matter how many times they're coughing up possession doing it, they, every team, and that's from the, that's from the sideline because that's obviously the style of football they want to play. But that's not effective if, if you the footballers there aren't capable of doing it. I do think Josh was a huge loss for us on, on Friday night. I, do, I don't know how long he's out for. If you know how long he's out for. But look, mentality-wise... Does there need to be a little bit more heart there? I, I do think there does. And like, I don't think any player ever goes out onto a football pitch with an intention of playing badly or I'm not, I'm only going to half arse it tonight. I, I, I genuinely do believe that everyone goes out with, with the full intention of giving it 100%. But, like I said, it was good to see them come back from the goal down because we know that's obviously not something they've done. But, like, there has to be more leadership on the pitch because there's only so much that can be done from a sideline as well. There has to be if they have, we need one or two characters there that are able to kind of, I to be fair to, I think Aaron Bulger tried to do it a couple of times but then I just thought he got really frustrated and ended up just f- people out of it all around him but like I could see once or twice he was trying to make things happen and like, it just wasn't going for him but um, yeah I, I, we're badly lacking leaders aren't we on the pitch for, for kind of moments there when things aren't going right to just to settle things down again but they just kind of want to kind of rinse and repeat what they're doing which is which is a concern that as Danny just said, like they're professional footballers, you have to be able to manage a your game yourself as well as you see it.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, was it a good team goal or just a moment of uh, individual brilliance, uh, Deke?
0: Our goal, or their goal? Yeah, but our both, goal. Goals, both goals, were brilliant. Our both goals were very good team goals. No, our goal was a brilliant team goal. And as Eileen said, why well, is that the only flash of that 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 a play and that ability that we see in the whole game? I mean, you know. The quick crossfield ball from from right to left. John Donovan gets in, puts a great ball in. It falls to Joe. He finishes it first time, exactly what you want. But as I said, that was our only genuine goal scoring attempt all game. It's one of cl- three on many, on goal. Many times like, on one.
2: Sorry, I could probably counted like how many times we entered their half on one hand. Like it, it was absolutely insane. Oh
0: yeah. And that's the thing. It's like I said last week. We want to play on the counter, I understand, uh, but we're at home. We were at home to draw that. If we beat them, we go above them. The onus was on us to be proactive, to be creative, to to do those things. And we never did it. And I genuinely, as I sit here, now, four days later, I still don't know what the actual game plan was. You know, what was our intention when we went down onto that pitch? You know, when you play that possession type football, you're supposed to be movement, there's supposed to be runners from midfield breaking lines, you're supposed to be able to pick pockets of space and play balls into that space and make the back line come out and do all this. We did we didn't do any of it. We did absolutely fucking nothing. And that's that's the thing. That's and as I said, we did that second half against Dundalk and it worried me. And then we went up to Jerry and we did nothing up in Jerry, and now we've done nothing at home to Drada. And my big fear is like the four games we won on the trot. Three of them we won one nil. The draw press was something new that we had to deal with that we didn't really we weren't really asked to deal with before. But Kevin Doherty had obviously sat down, watched us playing this tip, and said, "Right, if we press them, let's see how well their centre has. Everybody's going to do it now." Yeah, because it worked so well for Drawhada, and that's a game Drawhada would be absolutely kicking themselves that they didn't win. And we'll go up the pats. And i tell you this much now. And I'll say it without fair contradiction. If we play above and pats like we played the other night. They will score five. If they don't score six. Right. Without doubt. Because Forrester will sit in there. Mulroney will make his runs. Connor Carty will make his runs. And they will just pick us apart. And you'll see then how effective a press is. When... They get the, when they get the ball back and they start breaking lines and things like that. It's so one thing, draw had it. The only time really that draw had broke the lines was when when they scored. And look at that goal. Look at the amount of time he has. They, they split the two center halves with the ball. I mean, it's it was was ridiculously easy when they did it. Pat can do that to us all night long. The quality they have, and I mean, as I said, Ryan Brennan misses a sitter. Darren Markey has who has had a brilliant game and is a fantastic footballer. You know, missed the 50-50s, 50, 50 probably 30-70 scoring. Right? But, and another night, that goes in late on as well. But from when it went to 1-all, I think Drogheda will have a regret. I think they sat in when they got ahead. And I think it cost them the game because I think if they kept coming at us, yeah. they would have, you know. And the second it went 1-all, you could see they came again and they created two great chances. They said, Brendan misses one mark, he puts it wide. So I think maybe Kevin Doherty will have a regret about how they reacted Having gone one up. But look, we're in desperate trouble, lads. We are in desperate trouble, in my opinion. And it's going to take a lot to get out of it. Yeah.
2: Well, what was the difference? Or why was the reason we got the results um, out of the game, Eileen? Was it just pure luck? Or was it maybe the, the subs, uh, Murphy, Bagsy, and Coffee?
1: Yeah, I thought Bagsy in particular did very well when he came on. But like I think it was just luck to be honest because we you said like th- they missed those chances late on and maybe like Jackie's probably right like if if draw draw had pushed on after they scored there's probably inevitability they would have again but you know I thought bags did really well and it's great to see him back because he's another option and instead we've lacked options in the last few weeks and look, I know he actually probably coughs up possession for the goal but look he he's another option for us and I think he offers a lot going forward and I think he's going to be important because as I said look we don't know what's going to happen in the transfer market but yeah no it was absolute luck I've no idea how we got out of there with a point genuinely
2: yeah, pure luck um, I'll stick with you here us or them for that uh, playoff relegation spot it was a 14 games left who do you pick in?
1: Um, I'd probably leave my heart in my head and say that we will finish above them, but as you said, that's that's my heart ruling my head there, and the eternal laughter in me. But like, I'm I'm worried. I'm genuinely,
0: really, really worried.
2: Decky, I think they might know what this answer will be
0: today. As we stand in terms of the squads, then it's us because they're a better side than us, you know. And there's just no getting away from that. Now that can change during the window because they can lose players. It's hard to see them losing anymore, but they've obviously lost Draper and they've lost. who who played very well the other night so those two need to be replaced they had a 17 year old in goal who did who did well but as we stand here now it's like you look at the performances friday night and you'd say yeah they have an ability and they will cause upset you know they they could beat they have beaten the pats at home but they could beat a shelburne at home they could beat somebody else at home you look at us and you kind of go where are we picking up the points genuinely where are we picking up the points and that's the big worry for me so it can change but as we sit here no I'm going to say I'm going to say us unfortunately
2: Yeah I'm inclined to agree with you as of now hopefully there'll be a big um, transfer window thank god that game's over we now move on to the most prestigious award in world football it is the Totap MVP
0: The other three amigos MVP Alleluia, alleluia,
2: alleluia, alleluia. Joe Brian Whitmarsch got seventy percent of the vote. Not really much of a surprise given well he was he was good on the pitch and obviously he got the goal. John O'Donovan with 15%, Bulger with 10%, and Kean Murphy with 5%. That was a tough one, decky
0: wasn't it? To pick out the full four. <laughs> well, actually, it's yeah I actually thought Putting it up It might be the first night That we see one player Get 100% Because I like, Trying to pick out As you said Trying to pick out four Was Incredibly difficult Incredibly difficult And we got there In the end But There was only ever Going to be one winner Fair play to Joe Hopefully he's around To get a few more I certainly hope so
2: So he's a Right, Irish Football Blog says reinforcements badly needed, but we knew that already. Uh, he'll also add if there's any semblance of ambition going on behind the scenes, they should be doing everything they can to tie Joe down to a proper contract. Absolutely agree. Uh, Stephen Crowley says, lucky to get a point. Corcoran's distribution was poor. Can't understand when we got back to 1 1 that he hadn't more urgency when we had goal kicks,
0: etc. I'm going to give the Irish Football Blog a show. I'm not even nodding them. People, if you're not following. It. If you're not following, and it's definitely worth to follow. A lot of work goes into it, and you know, I know there's a couple of them at it, but fair play to them. And as I said, worth to follow if you're not following them. Okay, David Crowley says haunted to get a point.
2: Wayne Mullins writes, uh, from holidays, good times never seemed so good. Uh, Dunlach comes in with, the Urnals are still manky. Uh, daror says, Tiernan Brooks was at the game in the stands, so it looks like we have him. O'Brien Whitmarsh had a good game, but other than that, it was very poor. Outperformed tactically. Drugs are very well drilled by Doherty. We were lucky to even have a point. Joe Langford, Liam Buckley needs to add more than the one or two he talks about. Jamie Foley, just dreadful. We need four to six players badly. Uh, Richie Hadlow, absolutely pitiful. It goes on and on and on. Anything you want to add there? I'm sure. I'm sure you agree with, with the majority of it, if not all of it. Uh, Eileen,
1: yeah, I disagree with it. I think we should never talk about it again. To be honest, but look, <laughs> you've made me talk about it for twenty minutes as it is, so I've had enough.
0: Dickie <laughs> yeah, consign it to history. Just there on the Joe Brian Whitmarsh thing. Definitely, I believe that Joe is open to staying. So. It's up to the club to offer a contract notice, um, appeals to him and also, you know, protects the club going forward as well. So, look, hopefully there's a deal there to be done and just needs the club to step up.
2: Okay, so, Tapper, that was the end of part one. Come back to us in the second half where we will have the Pats preview. We'll have Jack and off and that'll be about it, I'd say. Hey Toe Tappers, become an elite supporter of your favourite podcast by signing up to our Patreon. For as little as two euro a month, you can help us to continue to bring you all your favourite Cork City FC news and fun. Imagine life without Lean Bosson. Imagine not hearing Commie Watch. Well, it's time to stop being a tight horse and sign up to one of our five tiers. Each tier has different perks for you. Click the link on totap.ie or head to patreon.com forward slash totap. We're broke and poor and need your hard-earned cash. Friday night, St. Pat's versus City, 7.45 in Richmond. Four-time last time out in Richmond, 2-3 to St. Pat's last time at the Cross. Decky, can we get anything from this game?
0: No. Eileen, I don't see it. I just don't see it.
1: I've put a lot of my eggs in the same paths got all of their goals scoring out of the way when they scored seven last week. But like, Pats are, in, are probably in the only side in the title race right now with, with Shamrock. Like, um, they're in a great run of farm. So we really have to pull something out of the bag to get something because like, they're an excellent side and. As I said, I think if Drahada were a bit of a better side, we would have been hockeyed on Friday, just gone. So, I mean, we have to see such a huge improvement because they're a very, very good side with so much talent all over the pitch and in very, very good form. But look, as I said, hopefully they got all their goal scoring out of the way now and they're going to have a quiet week in front of goal.
2: Yeah, from a city point of view, I'll stay with you here. Um, who starts? Anyone dropped?
1: Fact is, it's the lack of options, isn't it? Like I bring in Bagsy from the start anyway for Gordon Walker. That was did Tundee, was he still carrying a knock? It's kind of hard to know because I think it was one of his poorer games. But um, obviously he'd went off the week before with what looked like with a hip injury. Was he carrying that? I don't know if 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 it was. Maybe you're going to start Kean Murphy, um, and spring Tunday from from the bench later on. But like there has to be changes made if he, and obviously the keeper sounds like he's going to come in by all accounts.
2: Thanks Raymond. Uh, is
1: Jonas is Jonas fit? he was on the bench but again is he was he just on the bench to make up numbers we don't know same with Josh is he fit like because for me they both have to start if they are fit but I said it's hard to kind of know like I said with Jonas like is he I don't know are they just making up numbers on the bench at times so yeah look there has to be changes and I said I think there's going to be a few and we're going to see a few I think
2: Dickie similar sentiments there absolutely yeah
0: (sighs) You could change 11, but we don't have them. That's the thing. And Eileen keeps saying it like, you know, just the competition for places aren't there. And there, there there are people who didn't show up last Friday night and who didn't perform and who didn't play who are in absolutely no danger of being dropped for the Pats game on Friday night because we simply don't have the competition in the squad. So it's going to be what it's going to be. I think Tiernan Brooks comes in and goal. I think Bagsy probably starts, although I'm not sure about playing Bagsy as a wing back. But I think it's kind of inevitable he does, he's very good going forward defensively at the Premier Division level. I think he's yet to be convinced, but to be, that's, that's harsh in him now as well, but I am very harsh on players. So, yeah, I think if Jonas is fit, he comes back in. Then there's a big call to make a centre-back. As I said, if you want to play the type of football city you're trying to play, then for me, if they're all fit, my back three is Kostovic hacking in and honing and that's you're you you're, you're then leaving out two massive, massive members of the squad of the team, you're leaving out Keen Coleman, who's the club captain. Like, they're big calls. They're big calls. And um I'd be very interested to see whether they're made or not, to be honest. But time will tell. Also, like are yeah. well, also played are also played more advanced against Strahada, which I couldn't quite understand. We'd been ver- we'd been relatively good with Healy and Bulger is two sixes and a 10 in front and we kind of went with some kind of hybrid where Joe O'Brien at times and and Healy were playing as the two sixes and Bulger was in front and I just never felt like it worked and Gary Deegan was in there and Markey was in there and they were just picking us apart so you got to remember Chris Forrester was in there in that central area for Pats look at the ball he played for that Pats goal in Turner's Cross. It just it just split us completely down the middle. If we give him time and space, he will do it to us all night. So it's a massive ask. I just I genuinely can't see us getting anything. I think it's it's too big an ask, I think. Pats are flying, uh, stay right? with you. I
2: I'll, I'll I'll stay with you here. Daly versus Buckley record since that f- first game for both. You've a stat first here, do you?
0: No, I just looked at it because obviously that game in Turner's Cross that day won three two was both manager's first games in charge, like so. You no, know, John Daly's had 11 games since because they played two Monday nights to make up for the two European games that they're going to miss coming up shortly. Buckley said nine games, but look, they played 11, won 8, drew 1, lost 2, 25 points, 28 goals for 11 against, so plus 17 goal difference and 2.27 points per game. We've nine, won the 4, drew the 1 the last night and lost 4. Thirteen points, ten goals, far eleven against, minus one goal difference, and one point four four points per game. So it kind of goes only one way. And here is the other thing, and I I spoke about scoring first, but if Pats score first, they win, and it's 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 just there will be like, there's generally no other there's no other outcome no. Ironically enough, the two teams I spoke about last week, who don't pick up points if they if they concede first, Cork City and Jerry, both came from behind to get draws last Friday night. So it seems to be whatever I say here, the opposite <laughs> then happens, you know. So, but look, Pat, yeah. So hopefully I would say here, if Pat score first, they win, and then they'll score first, and they won't win, and that, and will everybody be okay with that. But like they've played fourteen, or they've scored first in fourteen games, they've won twelve of them, lost one, and drew one. But the one they lost and the one they drew were both Monday night games against away at Shamrock Rovers and away at Dundalk. So the Friday night games that they've played that they scored first in, they scored twelve times. They've scored first in a Friday night and they've won all twelve games. So don't go behind, lads.
2: I I lean on the on the back of that, uh, your final score prediction.
1: I just wanted and Dekie probably knows, where's where do we stand with Matt Healy? Is he gone now? Or what's the story? Or do you know?
0: That's a good question. We don't know. Hopefully, like, it seems to be ourselves or Pats is all the talk. So I guess he's going to be in Richmond Park on Friday night one way or the other anyway. You know, so it's just, I presume he's going to be a Cork City player, but his loan is finished. So he has to sign for somebody before, is it lunchtime Thursday is the deadline? It's Thursday anyway. It's either lunchtime Thursday or tea time Thursday that they have to be registered. You yeah, have to be by.
1: available for Friday,
0: yeah. Yeah, for the Friday night. So deal needs to be done, and I, I presume that deal is done with weeks. I could be wrong, but like, so I don't want to come on here next Friday night and start talking about Mahilis left the club, etc. So I come on next Monday night and start talking about Mahilis left the club because, like, it <laughs> just. It'd be a great pod, but like my head would like, explode, like you know. Probably did, did just assume anything. Dickie, yeah. final score yeah. prediction. I genuinely think they could batter us, and I like I haven't been I haven't been this down on say, and I keep saying don't get too high and don't get too low. It's very hard not to be low after that Friday night, and Pats are quality. They like Connor Carthy up front is very underrated. Nobody's talking about him. He's scoring goals on a regular basis. He's a really good player. I think. The, I think. I think they'll do us three or four. To be honest, I genuinely, do. Yeah.
2: Uh, I think three, one paths. Eileen, one final prediction. Uh, two all. <laughs> Jackie nearly spit out his. always <laughs> love oh,
0: I always love Eileen.
1: Jackie D- knows I will always predict a positive result.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Alright, we sure will see. have jacking off, my me. You left me and heat. What else can I do? Cause my wet dreams are just Dickie, I will let you take this one.
0: No, ja- no jacking off, he didn't play. Ankle injury. Out, don't know how long he's out for, but he didn't play. But in first the Cove, they had a great result. You know, they won 3-2 above an that loan. It's got saver, do it. down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Got, um, got two latest goals and very good. Like, I mean, they were third. That loan were fourth. They're now 10 points clear of the sixth place team. So they're heading towards having a playoff place wrapped up. And it's a fantastic season for them, to be fair. And Shane Keegan's done a great job there. And it's amazing. People always say about that division, it's amazing when a bit of organization and know-how can get you in that first division. And that's exactly what Shane Keegan has done with them. Very well organized, defend well. And they found, you know, Wilson Waweru is is getting a few goals for them. Um, Liam Carvic has been very good. And I know people will talk about like the three goals of the other night. Obviously Pierce Phillips from thirty yards is the pick of them and Waweru's follow-up is kind of um, who took, it was Jason Abbott's shot that the keeper saved and parried, but he somehow parried it back across the goal instead of parrying it out for a corner. And Wilson Waweru was like, there isn't an and tone player running back in within 10 feet of him. and Wueru just running in on his own jogging in and taps it into the empty net. But like, as I said, Pierce Phillips' goal will be spoken about, but I thought Liam Carvick's finish for the first goal was exceptional. Look, they deserve it. I think I'm going to go to Coleman's Park to playing Galway on Friday night. I think I'm going to do what Damien said he was going to do for the Waterford game, but didn't do. I, I think I'm going to do that Friday night. I think I'll go down, stick Loi TV on the phone, watch the Cork City game, and see how Cove get on. See if I can maybe catch up with Shane Keegan and maybe JC afterwards, and see if we can get a few interviews and bits and pieces up on up on Twitter or up online if anybody you can wants sit to sit in with
2: them. Um... Jack, if he's on the sideline.
0: Maybe so, yeah. Maybe so. (laughs) We'll see how we get on. We'll see how we get on. Yeah. Did you ever listen to that funny song we played, Jack? Did you? That'd that'd be be an interesting (laughs) conversation, wouldn't
1: it? Please don't be arrested in Cove on Friday night, Deckie.
2: Will you be there, (laughs) Eileen?
1: I won't be there watching Declan sexually harass anyone. No, I'm going to watch Cork City on LOI TV and enjoy the two-all draw.
2: Next up, it's the mailbox. Swine Earth, would you post that? Uh, three responses today. Billy Darney comes in, expected and still do experience Premier level players otherwise. Bye-bye, big boys division. Hello again, first division. If we go down again, it'll be the finish of CCFC. Eileen, do you want to take up that one?
1: Yeah, if we go down again, we'll bounce back up. Sure, the first division was great crack. But like, I just, look, its fans are concerned and fans have every right to be concerned because of the way the last few games have went and Declan just said it a while ago, like you're going to see, like fans are getting restless and going to be an awful lot more restless if July passes without a go-transfer window because look, anybody that's watching us play can see we lack that experience, that bit of leadership and, and that bit of quality and if it's not brought in, we, we're in trouble because... It's, we are in trouble, but we're in trouble already. Like so, um, I think fans are getting restless, and I and I understand that. Um, so said, look, we keep talking about the window having to be big, and we're not saying that just for the crack of it. It has to be big because it said people are worried, and and I think they're rightfully worried now because games are running out, and that's the
2: issue. Ah, uh, for this one, Kean Higgins says, "Give us all the transfer gossip we have. I think all the beans <laughs> have been spilled there anyway." <laughs>
0: um yeah I mean Alec Bourne back to co- going to Cove I mean that's one we didn't it's not Cork City related but see me Alec Bourne is going to Cove that's about it oh there was a weird one around that and I don't know I'm not saying this is true because I don't know and I've tried to check it out and nobody seems to know really but there is a story around that Charlie Lyons the Cove centre back actually turned us down that we wanted to say, oh, and Jesus. he said no. I don't. I genuinely don't know. That could be the biggest sort of harsh shit ever. But seeing as Kean wants to know every bit of transfer gossip we have, is that from Raymond? A couple of bits. No, that's Raymond would not stand over that in any way, shape, or form. I did okay. ask him, and he just he wasn't having it. He wasn't willing to put his name to it. So no, just one of those stories around i stick with you here and let uh, Eileen come in after Tommy
2: Kearney says Couldn't figure out the midfield tactics on Friday evening Healy was deepest with Bulger and Joe drifting all over midfield Wing backs were too static So when Healy received the ball he had no options And with their high press He kept losing possession and it made him Look bad, agree or disagree?
0: I agree to an extent Yeah, As I said I already mentioned Bulger playing further forward, forward Joe sometimes playing the second six I don't think there was a need to interfere with those three. I think Healy and Bulger is two sixes with either Joe or Coffee was working okay. It's not it's not gonna win you a league, but we're not trying to win a league, you know. So it was doing it was it wasn't an area I felt that needed to be messed around with. And yes, look, the draw had a press caused us so many issues. Like and yeah, like people said Matt Healy was terrible and his mind wasn't on it and it was clear. I think that, that chap might be just, you know, onto something that it was just, there was so much pressure being put in there. And when, like, when you don't have the, two, when you have two sixes, there's basically, he would have an extra option to pass, because but when the press is coming at you, and those those passing lanes are closed off, you can't really get the ball forward, so then you're trying to go, but you don't want to give it back, because you know the centre-halves are going to be under pressure, and inevitably then you kind of end up in, in no-man's land, <laughs> just and you, I lead take you and, at you again. Yeah, and that's just, just, um, you end up getting getting caught with it on on more than one occasion so i just think the whole thing was a shit show from the game plan right down to the execution of like i said as i said i said i have no idea what the game plan was so whatever it was the execution of it was really really poor and i think we take eileen's attitude just dump it in the bin forget it ever happened and, and move on and hopefully things are better
2: eileen yes or no answer do you agree with that or not
1: I'm
2: not commenting on that game anymore. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. And much like myself on the 15th, that wraps us up. Uh, We'd like to say a big thank you to our Patreons. Check out our new website, actually, totap.ie. Raymond would be on there, posting away the whole time. I'm sure he'll be keeping you busy. Uh, Final thoughts for the week ahead.
1: Um, I just want to wish wish you, Dan, the very best of luck when Damien returns and the love zone that you have now introduced, because it's, it's going to be bleak enough for you, to be honest. So look, my thoughts and prayers are with you for that and for the 15th, obviously.
2: Very much appreciated. Very much appreciated. I'll keep you updated. Uh, Jackie?
0: Yeah, I have to go away now and try and find some music that I can use for a love zone and edit back in after we finish recording into the, the appropriate segment. I I'll, find it, you, how, I'll see, find it for you. I'll find it for you. Do that. See Doesn't how it Damien all works have so. does,
1: Damien has one, definitely. Did you know he used to always play it when you'd be talking about like Jack Doherty, for instance, um pre yeah, he your does Jack have, and he off song.
0: Has, he does. There was a, there was an Amore one, there was our kind of something like that, but uh, like, Damien's in Damien's in Bulgaria, so guessing he, he doesn't might not care much about I'd, I'd be pretty sure he's not. He absolutely would Pretty won't sure listen. he's not. No, Scotty's back next week. Damien won't be back until the week after. I'd imagine. So, we right, like I think, think all, all that's
2: all that's left to say is adios to you, Declan McCormack. Adios, Mister Casey. Adios to you, Eileen Ring. We'll chat to you soon.
1: Adios, gentlemen. Mind yourselves.
2: Adios,
0: tower the Other Three Amigos podcast with Damien Shreenan, Wayne Mullins and Declan McCormack. Three lads, one podcast.